0: It's great to, to be here today and great to see you. We, we, uh, we're wrapping up a three-part series today. We just titled it Prayer, and, and I hope that you are enjoying that. And last week, we kind of started to look at the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament and, and really the, the main takeaway. What I, wanted, what I hope that you took away from last week is that as we're going through life and, and troubles and problems And we we always want to know why. Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? That God is not going to give us the master plan. He's not going to give us the grand design. But he offers us himself in relationship with him. And, And we've got to understand that as we are following Jesus personally, each one of us, we cannot be growing if we are not praying. If prayer is not a regular part of our spiritual rhythms there's no way for us to be growing in our walk with the Lord. And, and so I hope that you're, you're being challenged. I hope that you're being encouraged a little bit. And, and I've got a really great opportunity for, for you ladies that are here. We're getting ready to start a, a new small group that's geared just toward the women in the church. But it is a prayer group. And it's going to begin on August 22nd. And uh, it's, it's going to meet here at the church for six weeks. And, and it's going to be at 5.30 on Sunday nights. And you can register for that on the website if you want, or you can just show up, and that's fine too. But if there's an opportunity for you to go deeper in your own prayer life, that's that, the whole group is going to be targeted just for that, and uh, we'd love to invite you to be a part of it. But in the book of Genesis, you've got Adam and Eve, and, and they are in perfect communion with God, perfect relationship. There's no, there's no sin to separate. There's no barrier there. They're just walking with God, and, and there's this interesting verse in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that it says that, that one day they heard the sound of the voice of the Lord as he was walking through the garden. And that, that was one of those verses this week that I was just kind of pondering on a little bit. I just thought that was interesting. You know, it's easy to read it quick, but it just says that they heard the sound of the voice of the Lord as he was walking through through the garden and if you just stick with me I, I as i think about that you know he he was walking he wasn't jogging he wasn't running he wasn't in a hurry it just implies this this ease you know just kind of this this steady pace this steady progression our relationship with god is not who can run the fastest it's not about Who's going to get there first or who can do the most or hey, I, I read, you know, half the Bible over the weekend. It's not about who's going to get there the quickest. It is about a daily walking with him. And really the key to a relationship with the Lord is the daily walking. It's the daily praying. It's, it's not fireworks and wow, looking for those huge moments. It's just the daily Opportunities that we have to commune with the Lord. And we don't, you notice it says that they heard the voice of the Lord as he was walking through the garden. Another thing I was thinking as I I read that is, you know, we we don't have to climb the mountain to go be with God. You know, we don't have to climb the heights. God comes down to where we are, he meets us right where we are. We don't have to ascend up to him, we don't have to do that. If we pray, he will come to you where you are. There is an amazing, amazing power. In prayer, And I hope that you just maybe get a little glimpse of that today. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, just kind of a simple scripture, but it says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now let me tell you why I think that's interesting, because these guys, the disciples, they had seen... Some really outrageous things in the few years that they'd been with him. They, they'd seen Jesus take a little bit of food, a couple of fish, and a couple of loaves of bread, and somehow or another multiplied that and fed thousands of people. They'd seen him raise people from the dead. They, they had seen him spit in a little bit of dirt and make some mud and rub it on a blind man's eyes, and he, he, he was able to see. I mean, they they seen these cool things. And not one place in Scripture does it say that the, that the disciples said to Jesus, "Hey, you know the food thing. However you multiplied that, that was a really cool thing. Show us how to do that." Or man, the mud when you did that, and the, the blind guy can see. How can we do that? That was awesome. Show us. Teach us how to do that. He, that's not recorded, but we do see in this Scripture though there is something about the power of Jesus's prayer. I don't know what it was. It had to have been powerful. It had been supernatural and. And personal but when they saw how jesus prayed they said lord you've got to teach us how to do that show us how to do that teach us how to pray and this is what jesus said in the lord's prayer and he gives us this gift in matthew chapter 6 he said this 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 then is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the part we talked about last week. You know, a couple things there saying, you know, your kingdom come, meaning Jesus, you're not back yet. We, we want you to come back. We want your kingdom to be here. We want to be ready for that and, and your will be done. You know, we, we want you to be in charge. You know, we want what you want, your will, may your will be done. But then the, the last half of it, it says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And there's three specific things there that you maybe notice. Number one, he, it's a prayer for provision. Lord, give us today our daily bread. Give me what I need for this day. Not, not I'm not worried about next week. I'm not worried about how we're going to get through ne- the next quarter, or what you know, what we're going to do. Oh, how we're going to get into the next year. He said, Pray for today. Give me what I need today. I'm trusting you. I'm walking with you. It's a daily walk. It's a daily trust. Give me what I need today, Lord. And then there's a prayer for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. Forgive me my sins. Yeah, we just sang that song. It is well. That's 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 in my top five favorite hymns you know I can remember singing it as a kid and you know when you sang we, we sang out of the hymnal in church you know some of you remember those those books that we used to sing out of and we always sang one and three you know sometimes if we were really wild we'd do one two and four or something you know but one and three and that first verse that we sang but that third verse that's my favorite it says my sin oh the bliss Of this glorious thought that my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear them no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. It's the forgiveness. God, I, I I need my daily bread. I need what I need for today. But I need forgiveness like I need my next breath. I I want you to forgive me because I can't carry this burden and it's separating me from him. And so I need forgiveness. But there's a a little, you notice the prerequisite to that is I'm forgiving as you're forgiving me as I'm forgiving you. And and they go hand in hand. I've got to be a forgiving person if I'm going to be a forgiven person. And that third thing that he he prays, this is where I really want to dial in today. There's so much power in this. Is freedom from temptation. Lead us not. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That sounds a little funny to me. And uh, I'll be honest with you now. I've never never really dialed in on that part. I've always just, you know, a lot of us have memorized the Lord's Prayer. I've been to funerals where somebody said, let's all recite it together. And everybody knows it. I mean, people that have never been in church at all, they know the Lord's Prayer. They'll recite it. I was talking to John Glowacki, our worship minister, and I can't remember if it was his church or a church that he knew of, but there was a church that uh, every Sunday at a certain part of the service, I think it was right around the time they took offering, he said everybody in the congregation, they all knew what to do and everybody would stand up and they'd turn around and face the back, the back wall, and they'd all say the Lord's prayer together. And he said, that's the weirdest thing. Like, I don't know why they do that, but they they all stand up and they all turn around and face the big blank back wall and they say the Lord's Prayer. And one day he asked, he said, why is it that we do that? And nobody had an answer. Like, nobody could say, like, I don't know. It's just what our, our church does. We just stand up and we turn around and we say the Lord's Prayer. Until they finally talked to this older person that had been there for decades and decades and decades. They said, why do we do the turnaround thing? What's the point of that? And they said, oh, well, we used to have a big banner on the wall that had the Lord's Prayer. And we'd all turn around and read it. Well, it's been gone for years, though. But it's, it's so funny. We, we know the Lord's Prayer. We can recite it. We know it by heart. Deliver us. You know, lead us not into temptation sounds funny to me i was talking to one of our church members a a few days ago and he said man i really struggle with that because to me it almost sounds like that god would lead us into temptation if we're asking him to lead us not then then that would suggest that the alternative is that he would lead us into temptation And, and we know that can't be true james 1 13 says remember when you're tempted don't say God is tempting me, for God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. You know, so we can't say, well, oh, oh God's just really, He's just wearing me down. He's tempting me so much. That's, that's not true. So what do we do with that? As well, we ease in a little bit, let me ask you this. When you, when you think about this, you know, and, and, you know it's, not, it's not wrong. It's not sinful to be tempted. We're all tempted in various ways. Pick your poison, pick your vice, and that's not that's not wrong. It's what happens next that can lead to a to a bad place. But when you hear the word, what images flash through your mind? We all wrestle with it, and but it looks different from person to person. For one person, temptation may may mean that you know I've got this I've got this issue with. Uh, you know, I, I just struggle with with money and, and my love of it and I just I'm just tempted to just pour myself into that and I, I just all I can focus on is just it's just that. Or maybe for somebody else it's a it's an addiction of some sort that oh I just I just can't seem to get away from this substance or whatever it is. You know, what what emotions does it stir up in you when you hear the word temptation. For a lot of people it's just strictly sexual. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. For others, it might be the uncontrollable urge to try to control your looks. And so you're always thinking about calories and maybe you're depriving yourself of meals or maybe you're inducing vomiting in order to get rid of some of those calories because that's just, that's just the, the temptation in your life. It means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But what I want us to understand today is that this is as old as time. I hear people say boy the world is just going it's going south so fast. All these all these terrible things and all these temptations and it didn't used to be like this. It didn't used to be this bad. Oh yes it did. <laughs> oh it's always been bad. Because we have a spiritual enemy that he's real and he's and he is active. There is nothing new under the sun temptation is as old as time your grandparents you I know that you you look at your grandparents and you think well they were just perfect little you know precious angels and they never struggled with anything they certainly never struggled the way I've struggled my my grandma my grandpa he never had some of the thoughts that I've had surely not he's they're perfect right they weren't perfect they just maybe never talked about it they didn't tell you what their struggles were. I, I, uh, you look at your grandparents and think, oh, no, no, no. They can't possibly understand. I heard, uh, I heard this story this week. Two people were talking. One said to the other, said, what did our grandparents do before TV and Internet? And the other person said, well, I don't know, but why don't you ask your mom and her seven, her seven siblings? <laughs> Uh, you, get, you get that. It's, it's some, I, was, I, was, I was practicing that joke this week. Some people didn't get it. But, but this is the thing I really hate about this issue. I, I don't like to lose. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a good loser. You know, I, I hate to lose. And, and when I'm bad at something and I tend to lose fairly often, I want to quit that thing. I don't want to keep doing it because I don't like to lose. So, you know, I've talked about golf before, and you guys know I, my golf game is pretty much trash. I mean, it's just really not good, and I'm getting better, but i got a long way to go. But uh, I would have quit playing a long time ago if it weren't for encouraging guys that that I've played with. And one of those guys is Al Smith, one of our elders. We've got a group that actually meets tomorrow night. It's 15 or 20 people that meet at Sun Valley from this church that that go you of course you're more than welcome to go as well but uh we'll go out there and I love one of the things that Al says I'll hit the worst shot I mean you just the most embarrassing I w- won't even make it past the ladies tee and Al just says oh that's okay put another ball down hit till you're happy and that's I need that <laughs> it may take me five or six tries but I'll get happy eventually you know but but I, I need that encouragement because I want to quit. If I'm failing at something, it just it just makes it. You know, I've played golf with people before that just rag on you the whole time. That just makes it so much more difficult for me. You know, it's like I just want to quit this. And and when it comes to temptation, you might think I've failed so many times. I mean, I just fail and fail and fail and fail. Why should I? Why should I keep trying? Why should I frustrate myself all over again? Because it's just gonna be a struggle and I'm probably not gonna not gonna overcome this. I can think of I can think of at least three reasons real quick why it's so important and we'll see this in the Lord's Prayer, why it's so important that we take up the struggle again. Because number one, if, if we if we don't fight against temptation, you will lose your confidence in God's power. The the more that you just give in, if you just if you don't even resist at all over time, you're just gonna just don't see god's power at work in your life at all you say well i don't think that the lord could help me overcome anything but the second thing that happens when you don't fight against temptation is you develop a hard heart there's something about sin that just calcifies our hearts it makes you rigid it makes you rocky and the grace of god just can't it just can't penetrate anymore It just makes you very hard-hearted when you don't fight, when you don't resist. And the third thing I can think of is that our sin will always lead to another. It's like cancer. It just spreads. One undealt-with area opens up another area. I know people just right here in this church. I know some of you. I mean, I look out and I see some of you that there has been an issue in your life that you thought was no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. I'm not hurting anybody with this. And I know it's wrong, and I know the Lord doesn't want me to do this, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not even going to resist. And it has has grown, and it has blown a hole through the middle of your life. What started out as this small little thing, it's just, oh, it's just a little, it's just a little pornography. Or it's just a little, it's just a little lying. It's just a little, you know, dishonesty. It's not really going to hurt anybody has led to a pattern, which has become a lifestyle, which has derailed your life. And it all started because we didn't deal with the temptation at the beginning. When we stopped fighting, James 1 warns us that temptation comes from our own desires. That's why it looks different from person to person, because we're all different. But it comes from our own desires, which entice us, and they drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, when it goes unchecked, it gives birth to death. Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. The thing that you think that you are in control of, my friends, it's controlling you. It's got its hooks in you. And it all started because we didn't learn how to resist temptation. That's the bad news, but there's There's really, really great news. And this is what we see in the Lord's Prayer. In Jesus' Prayer, we've got to understand the power of this. He says we should pray and we should ask God to lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Why? There there are two very important principles we have to understand for us to get why why this prayer is so important. Number one is that God has set a limit on the intensity of every temptation. There is a a cap. God has not abandoned us here on earth to figure it out ourselves. He hasn't left us and, well, you're going to struggle and there's going to be temptations and there's going to be problems. He, He is actively involved in your life. He is actively involved in every area and he never expects us to bear that burden of temptation alone. Many of us are going at it alone, but he doesn't expect us to do that. One of the most misquoted passages... In the whole Bible, this is the one I hear more than anything else, It's, it's, but it's not what it says. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We think that it says, God will never give you more than you can handle. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible never says that God will never give you more than you can handle. In fact, I think the opposite is true. God very often allows you to go through things that are bigger than you and more than you can handle, but his strength is enough. It's not more than he can handle. When we trust him, when we lean into him, but that that misquote it comes from 1 corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 which says that god is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it that's a big difference it doesn't say he won't give you more than you can handle he says you will not be tempted beyond your capacity in other words We've always got a choice. You've always got a choice. Sometimes we think, well, I just, I just couldn't help myself. It just was beyond my control, beyond my power. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, you could. You could. You've got a choice. And the scripture promises us that God knows you so perfectly. He knows so much about you. He has set a limit on how intense the temptation that you face will be. He says, I'm not gonna allow you to be tempted beyond what you could handle. And he he knows your breaking point. He promises to keep a watchful eye on you. And he's not gonna allow Satan to take it further than, than what you could handle. And there's several examples of that in the scripture. One of them, it's interesting, Luke chapter 22, Jesus turned to Peter, one of the disciples. He turns to Peter and this is what he says. Man, this is hard. This is a hard scripture, but he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. In other words, he wants to destroy you. He wants to totally wreck your life. He said, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. That verse really hit me this week. And you know what really bothers me is that Jesus, our Lord, he says, Satan has asked. He has asked. He has asked permission to destroy you. In other words, God determines how far the devil can go with us. I think we just very often underestimate, maybe we forget it, we just don't think about it, but we definitely underestimate how much Satan hates us. He hates you. He would love Nothing more than destro- to destroy every good thing in your life. He wants to destroy your marriage, your children, your home, your finances, your emotional health, your spiritual health. Every, every part of you that makes you you, he wants to attack it and he wants to bring it down. He hates you, he hates me, he hates us, he hates what's happening here. He would love to derail it. I cannot tell you how many weekends we come in here and it's almost, it's, it's, it's we've just gotten to this point was like man he's at it again because things will go wrong it's like we've we've got everything set for the weekend and we're ready to come in here we're ready to worship and we're ready to honor God and we're ready to encourage each other and something will blow up you know some stupid little thing and it's like man can we just get a break and the truth is you're not going to get a break Satan's got a target on your back and he's going to keep pressing in and I'm going to tell you that what we're doing here he hates it so much my heart hurts for people that are not here my heart is breaking for people that aren't here. You know, and, and, and here's the deal is because it, it started out with, well, you know, I'm worried about COVID. I'm a little nervous about COVID. Like, okay, yeah, cool, got it. So, and then it became, well, it's easier to watch at home. So, you know, we're going to watch at home and, and be safe and, and do that thing. And we can rest. And, and, oh, you know, we don't have to get the kids ready. That, that sure is nice. That's a little easier. And then it became, yeah, I don't think I have to be part of the church anymore. I think I'm good. I'll tell you why my heart hurts for that person, those people. It's because the days become weeks, the weeks become months, the months become years, and they, those people run a real risk of being lost. Of just abandoning their faith. It's, and it's it's our job to go and find them. So let me just encourage you with that. That God would stir up a passion in us. It, it's, it's time to be worried about lost people. We we need to be concerned. I pray that God would give us a passion for them that we would reach out because Satan hates them just as much as he hates you, just as much as he hates me. And and God has said, you will never be tempted beyond what you can bear. He's involved in your struggle. You have the choice, but you've got to make the wise decision. God's going to be faithful. But the second principle we've got to understand from the Lord's prayer is that with every temptation, God has designed a way out you, so that we don't, have to, we don't have to give in. That scripture again in 1 Corinthians 10 says when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. He always provides a way out. There is always a path of escape, but we have to look for it. You know, we think that that verse means that, oh, when I'm tempted, that God's just going to come in and save the day and I don't have to do anything. That's not what it says. It says he will provide a way out, but you've got to look for it. You've got to be, you've got to recognize I'm in this moment of temptation and I don't want to sin. So God, what are my alternatives here? What, what do I do? You know, we, when we feel it coming on, we, you know, we, we can't just accept it. We think, oh, I can't do anything. It's just too hard. How different would it be in our life if in those difficult moments, when we feel that temptation that, that just comes and just it almost feels like a, a noose around your neck, if we could just muster out the prayer, God, show me the way out of this. Just show me how to get out of it. Help me see the way. How would your life change if you could just start praying those words in, that, in those moments? God, show me the way out. I don't want to sin. I don't want to wreck my life. I don't want to dishonor you. Help me, deliver me from evil. Why does Jesus pray, lead us not into temptation if God isn't the one that tempts us? Why does he say that? And I, I never really studied that line that much. I just never really thought about it. But I, I poured over and I looked at the I looked at the text and I, I read some commentaries. I'm like, okay, I'm really kind of digging into this. And this is what I've learned about it. Is that once we understand that God is limiting Satan's power over us. We we get that, okay? He, he he's put a lid on that. We're asking him to lead us away from it, Le- lead us into good things. Don't 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 lead me into into bad things. You know, I think even Jesus he was tempted in the wilderness. It said that that God led him into the desert to be tempted. God wasn't the one doing the tempting, but he allowed him to go to a place where he would be tempted. And so we're praying, saying, Lord. Don't lead me there. Lead me somewhere else. <laughs> lead me to something good. I, I don't want to go through that moment. I don't want to be tested in that moment. And you say, well, why does God allow that at all? Why are we tested? Why are we tempted? You know, what, wouldn't it be easier if we could just go through life and, in perfect harmony with God? Why can't we just live like that? But those of you who, those of you, who uh, you know, if you're a gym rat or whatever, you work out, you already know the answer to that question. Because you know that it is impossible to build strength unless there's resistance you've got to have resistance otherwise you're weak and flabby and God is working us out like a personal trainer he says I know your limits I know what you need and I know your potential I know who I've designed you to be and and I need you to work this out because when you struggle through this and you trust me you are going to come out so much stronger and better and more the person that I've made you to be on the other end. You know, think, have, you, have, you ever been, <laughs> have you ever been to the grocery store? I know you have. You've been to the grocery store, and, you know, you can be in an aisle, and all of a sudden you just hear like that blood-curdling scream of a toddler or somebody's spoiled brat kid, and you know what it is. You know exactly what's happening in that moment. You hear that kid scream in bloody murder. Somebody's at the checkout line and wants a candy bar, and mom just said no. And they're throwing themselves on the floor, and they're having a big fit. And, man, don't you, you ever see the parent that when that's happening, you ever been behind somebody, and the kid's just, like, throwing a full-on tantrum, and then the mom buys them the candy, and are like, what are you doing, you crazy person? Whatever. Just don't be that person. <laughs> it's bad. But you know that 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 moment when you hear that, right? The kid is sees the candy and it's just such a it's just such a temptation. I want that. It's shiny. I know what it is. I know how it will make. I know how it's going to taste. I gotta have it. I just gotta have it. Megan and I, uh, we learned when our kids were little. We go to the grocery t- together. We, we would go to the grocery store together a lot, a lot of times. And <laughs> one of the tricks that we learned is. One of us would go to the checkout line and pay. And the other one would take the kids a different route. Straight to the car. We're going to wait for mom or dad here and help her unload the groceries. you know? Because if we did it that way, they never saw the candy at all. We just bypassed it. We spared them the trial. Lead us not into temptation is a lot like praying, God, Don't take me down the candy aisle today. I just don't want to go down there today. I feel a little weak. I'm feeling a little tired. And it's just recognizing, Lord, I'm going to want that. I'm going to want that thing. And I know it's not good for me. And I I know that it's not going to lead me anywhere good. I want it. And I can't help it. And my flesh is weak. And I just just don't want to go there. Lead me not into temptation. Take me another way today, Lord. There's going to be times that you're going to have to go down that way because he's building character in you. He's teaching us how to resist, how to be strong, how to rely on his spirit. Let me read you something just life-giving. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just need permission to do the thing that you already know that you can do. You just think, you know, that's a, a great counselor really isn't giving you any new information. They're just telling you, hey, you can do this. You can, and that and that's it. Romans 8, verse 12. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Just let that rest on you a minute. You have no obligation. You, you don't owe it anything. You are under no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So you think, oh, I just can't help it. Yes, you can. But I, oh, it's just so hard. I know, but you've always got a choice. You say, well, what do I do in those moments when I'm so tempted and, and it just feels like my body's on fire and I just, I just want that thing so bad. You say, Lord, take me another way today. Take me another way. Lead me away from it. Deliver me from evil. I know that the devil hates me, and I know that he wants to wreck my life, and he wants to destroy everything. Would you just take me by the hand and lead me a different way? My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, have got these cards on your seats. We've had these the last few weeks. And we've been praying over dozens and dozens and dozens of requests. I know that God hears every one of them. We encourage you, if you've got something that you want to be praying about, you want us to be praying about, write it down. And uh, on the displays in the lobby, you can clip it up there. And our staff and our prayer team, will be praying alongside you about these things. And you know, I just thought, if, as we end this Series today, it would just be, would just be a great way for us to end if we just spent some time just coming before God, saying, "Lord, we need you. We need you." And we're going to sing a song that really just talks about the freedom that we have in Jesus. And I would love as we just as we sing this, maybe maybe you sing it, and make it your prayer. Maybe you just listen and talk to the Lord, but just allow Him to to just make your heart pliable and soft again. Help him give you the desire to take up the fight again. You say, I I keep getting beat up when it comes to temptation. I I feel like I'm losing. Take up the fight again. Just do it again. And and just allow this time as the Lord ministers to us here in this room, just to, to help us to lean into his strength. Help us to resist. Father, we thank you so much that you have rescued us from our sin. Lord, you have you continue to stand in the place, in, in the valley, in the, the gap for us. Lord, help us to have the, the courage to stand up again and, and to be who you want us to be and walk where you call us to walk. God, I know how weak I am, and I know how weak we can be. So we need your strength more and more every day. Help us this day, this week, this month to stay close. Keep us close to you, Lord. Lead us not into temptation, Father, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever.